to stay here on the BitMart Brain Trust because this is the 100th video on the BitMart YouTube channel. And for what feels like the 976th time, I'm saying hello, everybody. I'm Matt Ryan, your host for some reason here on the BitMart Brain Trust. And we're back. All three of us are back. We took last week off because, well, we have jobs and sometimes things run in the way. But we've got Nathan, Simone, and Kalichi eBay. Gentlemen, hi. How are ya? Glad to be back here, Matt. It is our 100th video for the BitMart YouTube channel. I don't know how many videos we've done between the Brain Trust, Bites, Minor Leagues, but Kalichi, I'm glad to have you here as always. And Matt, your shining face uh-huh. is a shiny It's example. very shiny because I haven't washed my face since yesterday. So it, 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 a lot of oils, a lot of pockets. A lot of people in the YouTube comments just talking about how I have no skincare. I have negative skincare routine. That's um, why we have it at 1080p, so that everybody can see. See <laughs> the reality. See the reality. That's why I have Makali- the blue light. Kalichi, we're here. We've got some interesting stories to talk about. Glad that you are here, Kalichi. You, you looking a little? Uh, where'd the lighting go? You're, are you sitting in? The, are you sitting in a dark room there? I think it's the. I think it's the. I'm behind a, a window here, so it's, oh. it's a little bit dark. I'll, I'll, I'll try to adjust it as the show goes along. It's okay. It's it's uh, all we need is your biting commentary and your incredible wit, and of course, the degen nature knows no bounds in reality. So whether you're on <laughs> camera or not, that is totally fine. Of course, we're talking about NFTs here. This is the bit more brain trust. We try to be NFT focused when possible. And gentlemen, we have some interesting NFT headlines that we really need to discuss. They're not incredibly topical from today, but they are amazingly topical when it comes to the broader marketplace and the things that we try to discuss. The first one that I want to get into here that I want your gentleman's opinion on is that another NFT marketplace has switched to optional royalties. This is the NFT marketplace looks rare. They say you are slashing royalties, which usually when you hear somebody slashing something, you're either running away screaming from a cabin in the woods or you're at Walmart contemplating, do I really need this other iPhone charger? Where is it made? It's blue, it's sparkly, it's kind of nice. But the Looks Rare platform is also giving, they're putting like this pie together to where they say the buyer's not going to have to pay these royalties. Hooray for the buyer, I suppose. But unlike Magic Eden and Solana, They are making this 25% pie where they're still going to collect profits from the platform, distribute them to creators and collections. To me, this seems like what Magic Eden should have done. It seems like somebody has realized that you can't just have everything go to zero and still get something out of it. Gentlemen, I'm interested in your opinion on this. (laughs) I think it's, it's one of those things where like, I I don't know if you guys know the saying about like, like pioneers always end up with like arrows on their backs. (laughs) <laughs> if you always try to, if you always try to, you know, you know, like innovate and, you know, do something different, you know, you run the risk of, you know, making mistakes, obviously, and then people can like learn from your mistakes and make it better. I think that's what happened here where Magic Eating just went like cold turkey and just, you know, completely removed, you know, royalties. Meanwhile, you know, looks rare. They're they're doing something similar where I think the strategy is they're quote unquote giving powers to the buyers 
Um, but then understanding that, you know, without the, the creators, there's not, there's not going to be any buyers. So you have to kind of look after your creators as well, you know, to make sure they're, they're taken care of. And um, it, it's, it's still a very, very interesting strategy, you know, to basically say, you know, we, we want to give the buyers more power, you know, and, you know, kind of mess around with the, the, the actual creators of those NFTs, you know, that, you know, they're going there to buy, you know, to begin with. It's, it's, it's a very, very interesting strategy. The question is why, like, why are they doing this? Right. You know, um, it's, it's a very interesting topic, but. What was the saying that you had about pioneers, Kalichi? I didn't catch the end of that. Something, something about like pioneers always ending up, you know, with their face, their face on the ground with arrows on their backs, you know, because oh. they were, <laughs> Because I was trying. Damn, homie. <laughs> a Western analogy, okay? I'm sure that happened many times in Colorado and Utah. Um, right. Okay, I understand what you mean there. Yes, about being the first to do something creates an incredible risk. Risk, right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get there you. There you go, get magic you. eating. Yeah. Well, and before I get your opinion on this, Matt, I wanted to kind of echo to where you talked about Kalichi about how this seems like a more reasonable thing as they've learned from Magic Eden's mistakes. The company put out a statement where they said, the growth of zero royalty marketplaces has eroded the general willingness to pay royalties throughout the NFT space, but our royalty structure is meant to be a competitive solution that still benefits creators. So I think that you're right on the money with that. But Matt, I'm interested in what you think about this. It's the same argument that I've been making on this show for the last couple of weeks. What are you? What are you selling? Who are you selling to? What do you expect out of this? If you're an artist and you are looking to sell your art and just sell the piece into the world and make some cash, are you looking the are you treating it like a license where every time it gets sold you get a piece of it like in music? Because we keep talking about the the world of NFTs as if it's this thing that's just ever, ever expanding. We're hitting that ceiling quick in what it actually is and what are we defining it? Because there's no regulation. We're, we're, we're talking about on the non-fungible news this week, an SEC commissioner coming out and saying, we need to set up like what the actual rules are to make sure that we're doing right by the creators who are actually following the rules that we would need to put in place. That needs to happen so we can set the trend for everything else because right now, the Wild West part of all of this, I think is a huge reason for not only the skepticism, but for the depreciation of the marketplace right now. We're going to talk about, you know, the new number three player in town a little bit later on in the show, but we're looking at volumes dropping across the board nearly 100% in the course of, what, 10 months? Because who are you marketing this product to? Who are you marketing this service to? This is the issue with a lot of tech startups is that they'll come up with this idea and it will be game-changing, but they won't get into the minutia of the marketing and feel like if they just go to all the events, throw all their money at this thing, that all of it's going to come back to them. No one is learning lessons from the past 20 years or the 20 years before that. 
Just because you have the better product doesn't mean you're going to win. Betamax had better quality than VHS. VHS was more affordable, more accessible, and cheaper to make. They won, and they were also marketing, and they came along when video stores really hit their zenith in the 1980s. And wearing a hockey jersey with nothing underneath makes you itchy for those watching along on the video. Um, when you look at how the NFT marketplace is coming across, the most successful things are the things that understand marketing and understand what they're selling. 48 Yacht Club, we're just selling you photos. We're selling you art that has this value. NBA Top Shot, we're selling you video highlights of moments that you already like. They have a consumer base. They know who they're marketing to. Do any of these other projects that are coming out now and emerging, whether they're Web3 or Metaverse or your traditional NFTs, do they know the audience they're speaking to or are they just so entrenched in the in the minutia of what they're doing and the idea of what they're doing that they can't look past themselves to look at the market? Because I think that's what's screwing it up for a lot of people is that they can't look outside of themselves and adjust right. to what we're seeing not only economically, but just socially in how people view these products. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. I think a lot of NFT projects, um, and, and as someone who, who, who currently is working on, on an NFT project, I can speak to this. Um, a lot of NFT projects, they, everybody's just kind of like, you know, in this like rush you know, to, 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 to launch a project and, you know, to sell out and to quote unquote build a community. And, you know, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot, you know, to, to think about, you know, like you said, the business side of things is, is a part to think about, um, you know, in this case, you know, with royalties going away, like <laughs> do you have any other business model that can support your business, you know, if royalties are taken away. Now I'm not in favor of you know, royalties be, being taken away, I'm, you know, I'm always, you know, because a lot, a lot of the reasons why most people, you know, come into the NFT space, especially people from the traditional, you know, you know, um, art world, they're coming here because, you know, they feel like with NFTs, they can actually sell their arts to a wider range of, you know, consumers and then earn royalties whenever those, you know, NFTs are being traded in a secondary marketplace. So, you know, there's a there's a huge there's a business part of this. You know, where people want to make this a full time living, but at the same time, you know, you also have to be if you're really gonna treat this as a business, you know, which which is what it is. You know, if we're gonna be honest with ourselves, do you have plans in place? Do you do you do you have a, a framework to say, if something happens, this is what we can do. This is how we can actually be profitable as a as a business. If you know, in this case, royalties are taken away. And so, it, you know, it, it, those types of questions are things that, you know, you need to answer as a team or as a project owner and devise ways to, you know, combat things like that in case it, it does arise. And it's very hard in a bear market to put the label Web3 NFT crypto on something and expect it to sell. That happens in a bull market. And I think Matt makes a very good point here to where you got to decide what you are, decide what utility you're providing, because art is still a utility in my mind. It's pleasant to look at. Uh, sometimes it appreciates in value. 
uh, as we've talked about, Board Ape Yacht Club is is basically that. I know they're trying to do other utilities, but like they're basically art. Matt's uh, company, Catalyst Wrestling, they're using NFTs for ticketing. That's a utility. A ticket should be one of one unless you just want to have a free-for-all when it comes to ticketing. And so figuring out a better use case and better royalty structure like LooksRare has done is probably going to be better than just floundering around and doing nothing. But I'll know that the market has peaked similar to the late 2000s, early 2010s, when seemingly bacon was in everything. I don't know if you fellows remember this. And they have uh, oh, non- I remember. Look oh, at me. Oh. Look at me. Of course I remember. <laughs> Bacon-flavored vodka, which I think is still around and not a terrible choice. But the whole point is, why? 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 I'll know that the market has really peaked in terms of the, the bearishness. Uh, sorry, not peaked, I guess, bottomed, trenched out. When there is non-fungible bacon, and this, <laughs> uh, this that's, 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 I wasn't expecting that ending, but good. <laughs> non-fungible bacon. Somebody's oh, gonna come out with it. Title. In just in just one month, somebody's gonna go. It's non-fungible bacon. You can go. You know what? That's the bottom. We got no place to go <laughs> but up. So, to to close with this story, looks rare. Said the industry is tending trending towards zero royalties, but it's still our responsibility to support creators in this new landscape. So I think it's much better than what Magic Eden did, which seems to Matt's credit to have no plan. It just seems like they're just responding to the market, which is, I guess you can here do was that. Their, here was their plan. I'm gonna give you a, a breakdown of what their plan was. Oh my God, we're not making enough money. We've got to get money from somewhere. Just, just get rid of the royalties. Just get rid of all of them. Ah, that's that's pretty much how the measured response to that was. And and here's an here's an interesting question. Do we start eliminating the word NFTs for Web three assets? Is that is it getting to the point to where, much like using HTTP or having to type in www before you log on to a website? Have we gotten past that? Are NFTs the MySpace of Web3 in terms of branding? Is it a branding problem that's really limiting the marketplace because it creates so much confusion amongst people? That is a fascinating question because we treat NFTs like they've been here since Bitcoin, but NFTs are unique innovations specifically from an Ethereum improvement protocol. They've just, I don't, they caught on like, wildfire so is it that the browser that we type into and the web3 apps or whatever of the future will eliminate that www and we don't have to do it uh i'm not sure i mean we're always going to have one of one digital assets now that nfts exist but i mean that is a good point to bring up is that Maybe people will assume that if you're issuing a digital asset or if it's on a specific blockchain, of course it will be, you know, non-fungible. That will seem like an old, old-timey word to use. I'm not sure. Um, Kalichi, what do you think before before I move on to a a platform that I did not think was going to get in NFTs, but has done amazingly well with royalties? I mean, it's it, uh, to stuff like this. I always say it's still very early. Um, <laughs> You know, right now, you know, we're, we're talking about like, you know, the, the issues with royalties, you know, 
we haven't even you know reached like like uh, I'll, I'll say like full markets or mainstream adoption of NFTs. I think a lot of people still are confused uh, as what as to what they are. Um, I don't think changing the name per se could um, could you know make the adoption faster. Um, I just think that more use, I guess, more use cases that people can understand, um, and 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 basically doing a better job at educating people what it is without getting into the technical, um, you know, details will definitely help. You know, obviously more people understand it because, like, believe it or not, and I'm sure you guys know this. Like, once people start trying to explain like what a blockchain is and what NFTs are, like, you know, it's it sounds simple, but once you start trying to explain it to to a newbie. They, you know, they look like you have like 10 heads, right? <laughs> so I, it's, it's, yeah. I agree with you, Kalichi, but I think that has to do with branding and perception because we right. don't need to educate. We didn't need to educate. We need to educate people about the internet, but at, at a certain point, it was just the internet. Right. We, televisions happened, radio happened you know, cameras, like at some, you know, people after a while stop thinking it's going to steal their souls or that if you smiled in a photo, you'd explode. (laughs) But we, we, I think it comes down to marketing, branding, and perception because you're seeing internationally a lot of, in China and a lot of different places, they've had to change the name of it to digital assets or digital tokens or different, different names that are not NFTs and I think that's the mainstreaming of it. That's what you have to do because it goes back like, you know, the Etzel was awesome, but then, you know, so was a Fer- so was a Ferrari. Things advance, things move past. You're not always going to have stasis, especially in a market that is unregulated, that is a, you don't know what the hell's going to happen at any given moment. And the whims of the market are predicated by things that, are ba- you know it's barely based on human behavior and human reaction so you you wanting to normalize with use cases comes down to branding so like with catalyst wrestling we'll say digital season tickets you get a digital season ticket to catalyst wrestling for the entire year six events get six tickets you pay x amount of dollars Instead of having to say we're an NFT, which means this or that, you're trying to create something to where you're not scaring people away. Because once you get into like fluoride and water, people hear the word phrase fluoride and they're thinking, oh, it's it's poison or it's going to hurt our kids. It comes to, you know, and, you know, there's a certain thing that we've all been dealing with for the past almost three years at this point that completely had the narrative taken away from it because no one knew how to explain it because it was ever evolving and it created more issues the deeper we got into it because there was so much room for ambiguity and so much room for noise that it created uncertainty, it created doubt, and it mainstreamed a lot of things that negatively hurt the perception of people dealing with this or trying to solve the problems. For every person that's like me, you, and Nathan, who are trying to understand, explain, and bring a little bit more clarity to the space, there are people who are running pump and dumps, people who are running scams, people who are laundering their money. There's so many things that are going on right now in the space that it's... Humans are going to human. I feel like the idea 
of an unregulated market will never be the, to the satisfaction of the idealists because people forget that humans are human. We look, look at the tribalism in the space. Look at all of the uncertainty. Look at the argumentativeness. Look at just the, the crypto bros, like the, the warehousing and siloing of these personalities and these people that are kneecapping an entire industry that is beset by people investing in that market. Right. It makes it so hard for people to have faith in that when you're looking looking to your left or looking to your right and all you see is utter fucking chaos. How can you convert, like you can have all the use cases you want, but if I look to the left and to the right and things are on fire and no one cares about putting out the fire because, oh, we've got this, we've got that, but the fire's still there. And the fire is growing and people are making money off the fire. <laughs> well, how does that make me feel comfortable as an investor? Because there's a literal fire there. Right. It's, 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 it's tough. It's tough. You know, it, and that's, that's the challenge that, you know, this, this whole industry brings is it's almost like we are all kind of trying to figure out, figure things out as we go. There's no like, central governing body that you know decides these things or you know decides the definition of things you know so there's a lot of just testing and you know like you said a lot of scams a lot of legit projects but when it comes to the actual um when it comes to actual what 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 are the things holding it back i don't think like the name nft itself is part of the reason because you can call nfts anything you can call them digital collectibles you can call them digital assets but it still does not. Um, it still does not like change some of the challenges that we're facing. For example, like I know for like gamers, like you know, gamers, they will love to have things like NFTs, but they hate the fact that you know blockchain developers who try to create NFTs and you know integrate them with you know games, they they are heavily focused on the the monetary like side of things. They're not focused on creating a fun game, you know, that actually you know. Yeah. makes them you know want to even learn about nfts it's always all about the money or play to earn you can you know you know play this and you don't have to work a day in your life because you're going to be earning money playing the game and just takes away all the fun out of it you know so that in and of itself is a huge challenge that you know you know until we until we'll solve that you know we're still going to have issues you know in this industry um, but the fun part about it is we are the ones kind of like building you know this new technology like us you know talking about it you know doing like you know podcast about it you know you know building in the space uh it's uh, it's definitely challenging but uh, i'm here for it first of all i want to say that matt graham cracker coin is not a pump and dump <laughs> a lot of this fud online <laughs> The $132 that's in the treasury is legitimate and investors <laughs> will get what is promised to them, okay? Yes, there are no regulations telling me that I have to return that money. Yes, it may be in multiple wallets. Yes, we haven't perfected yet the graham cracker dust into reality. It's a work in <laughs> progress, people. But to Matt's point about maybe NFT either needs to go away or be rebranded. I think that there will be some hesitancy. I mean, crypto has been around since 2009 now, technically with Bitcoin. 
even major institutions are still hesitant about using crypto and some of their marketing materials. And that's where you see the digital asset stuff come out, especially from Forbes and Fidelity. So maybe NFT will continue to be, I don't want to say a dirty word, but maybe it'll continue to be hesitant in marketing until you see such ubiquity that like Lipton is using it. And they're like, hey, it's not just your favorite beverage on a cold night. It's Lipton NFT. And you're like, oh, I get it. It's tea, but it's, it's like the best tea or something like that. That's neither here nor there, gentlemen. Uh, Lipton, if you want to hire me, I'm not available. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But when we when we talk about royalties, when we talk about creators, there is there are still people getting it right, even if there are certain markets that are trending towards zero. And one of the ones that totally surprised me because I haven't used this platform in a while, and maybe that's not a bad thing, is Reddit apparently has NFTs. Their trading volume hit an all-time high last week. They've got three million wallet holders. And they're definitely paying out royalties. And all their NFTs are is basically the Reddit avatars trading back and forth like you would expect a market to do. Now, it's on the Polygon blockchain, so it can do that because there's very little fees. But right. when you think about, like, of all the social networks that this could have happened on, Reddit both makes complete sense, and it was also kind of out of the blue for me. I'm interested in what you guys think about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this first. Um Reddit's the perfect test case for this because it is the strongest and most vocal community on the internet that hasn't been shut down by the feds. <laughs> and when you are giving them the opportunity to support fellow users and creators in their community, they're going to do that. Sure, there will be people hurling an unmitigated and a litany of slurs um, because it's the internet and Reddit can sometimes be the armpit of the internet. But this is the best side of Reddit. This is kind of the intended use case for Reddit. And I think that when we're talking about how to leverage the idea of NFTs, and giving it a one-to-one -one use case. They're digital avatars. If you just marketed them as Reddit digital avatars, yep. it could be an easier adoption. And I think that's one of the reasons why the phrase NFT confuses and angers a lot of people because it attaches itself to all... If you just created... A, sir, a digital token service or a digital asset service or a digital art service. And it was just, it was NFTs. Every, it's all on the blockchain, but you just said, you own this, you get it, you get a piece of software, you can hold it there, you can store it there, you can buy it, you can sell it, you can trade it, you can do whatever you want. And you didn't use the word non-fungible or token. You would probably have a better chance at being successful in an, a wider marketplace than you would if you went all in on all of the things about NFTs that diehard love. Because at the revol to quote CB4, a very underrated and unheralded movie, the revolution must be marketed. And we're all from different backgrounds on this show. Me and Nathan come from more of a marketing background. Kalichi's been, he's also in marketing in a sense when it comes to search engines and optimizations. But Nathan and Kalichi are true believers in the in the world of blockchain and nfts i've been around this stuff 
for less than a year. And I'm very open and honest about that. I look at things as how can I sell this to this person and give them the best experience? How do I phrase it? How do I say it? How do I sell it? How do I present it? And I think that's the stumbling block for a lot of people because if you came up with a game that was fun, and like to go back to Kalichi's use case about games, NFT gaming, we've been doing play-to-earn gaming, play-to-win gaming since the mid-2000s or the late tw- the late aughts with the advent of smartphones, iPhone, Android, you had Candy Crush, all those Facebook games like Farmville that your aunt would send you at three o'clock in the morning because they couldn't rationalize how terrible their life was and how much their husbands hated them or they hated their husbands. But Farmville was there. Always. And, and that's how they met Mercutio and ran off to Key West. But that's another story for another time. Beautiful. It's dependent on so many different factors. And I think that people in this space don't look outside the first wave of people who support the industry. There's trillions of dollars out there. People making money every day. People losing money every day. How do you be, how do you market your brand better than anybody else? A lot of these companies have legs up because they get millions in VC funding or get multi-million dollar deals with large institutions. It is the, and I get the diehard grunge, you know, the grunge DIY punk guys who are, we're, we're NFT lifers, we're this, we're this, we'll hold on all this stuff. But when you get too much like a zealot for what you're marketing and what you're believing in, all you do is end up turning off people who might otherwise be interested. Yep. True. That, that's why people like Michael Saylor when it comes to Bitcoin is because he was from outside of the space, came into the space, and can properly explain Bitcoin and its multitude of potential use cases to everybody from the corner shop owner to billionaires. So maybe the NFT space does need somebody like that at the moment. And I, I think it's interesting that, Matt, you brought up how when Reddit phrases it as digital avatars, it's still non-fungible tokens. Everybody kind of realizes that like an avatar is usually just one of one, whether you create it or whether it's auto-generated for you. So maybe Reddit was absolute, absolutely like the best kind of use case for this because they already maybe natively understood that. But Kalichi, I'm interested into what you think about this because – not only is Reddit doing amazing with these NFTs, they also don't even have any problem paying out the royalties. On, you know, it's on Polygon, so it's worth a little bit less than Ethereum or other networks, but royalties are royalties. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think for, for platforms like, you know, Reddit, you know, I think the, the, the approach they're taking is just to keep it as simple as possible right now. Like just make make them like avatars and, you know, and it's interesting, like when you go to the Reddit um, website, the NFT, the NFT page, you know, they said, you know, own a part of Reddit history. You know, again, this is this is the this is the, the beauty about NFTs. And I, I know that, you know, the name can you know throw a lot of people off. But at the end of the day, what NFTs are, are like digital ownership. Like that's that's the key thing. Like now you have some kind of ownership 
to a particular brand and the proof of the fact that you own the ownership, uh, that you own that brand is in the blockchain, it's verifiable. You know, everybody, you know, like it's not fake. You know, it's not just a, a fake uh, image you found, you found on the internet. It's actually verified that you own that particular avatar. So I think, you know, <clears throat> Reddit's, you know, just making it just to be a, a, like an avatar that you can use within Reddit is a huge, is a huge step, you know, um, when it comes to NFT adoption. Obviously, they have like a gazillion users. So, um, and, and to your point, Nathan, the fact that you know they they still like honor like royalties and stuff, you know, it's it's interesting, right? And it begs the question, like, why why do all like Magic Eden and this other like uh, looks rare, or like why are they away? Why are they like taking away that you know royalties away from you know the, uh, from the picture away from the picture? I don't understand that. Like I'm, I'm kind of confused because they say things like, "Oh, you know, the the whole market is trending towards zero fee, uh, zero royalties." Like when when did that even start? Like I wasn't even aware <laughs> that that was happening. You know, I feel like a lot of those projects or a lot of those platforms they they were trying to like win um, the market share by you know kind of focusing on the buyers and saying, "Hey, come here!" Like you can actually buy nfts without actually paying extra fees um in hopes that they're going to get market share but actually it ended up backfiring to where a lot of those you know volumes started going to places that 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 actually honors like royalties like you know cardano you know jpeg store you know those other types of marketplaces and why even luxray even why even if they kind of you know, did away with the royalties, they still provided an incentive for the creators to actually, you know, you know, be taken care of in a way. So quite frankly, when it comes to Reddit, uh, very, very interesting, you know, that, I mean, this shows that, you know, NFTs, you know, are here to stay, you know, I'm sure like Reddit, they have a lot of smart people, you know, to know that, you know, NFTs are, are very, very, are like a huge trend. They're going to be a huge trend. They're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. And, um, the fact that they're there means we should pay more attention to it, you know, and find ways individually. If we're if we're thinking about building our own NFT project, which anybody like you, you know, you know, Matt, you know, Nathan, you guys can create your own NFT project. How can you make the? How can we make the whole industry better, you know, moving forward? Because right now, I think a lot of people just focus on just make money, PFP, you know, let's just, you know, make a bunch of money and just like, you know, to hell with it, whatever happens, happens. But I think that this truly successful ones are people who actually brand it, brand themselves well, you know, you know, actually have a plan, you know, you know, know what they're doing and actually, you know, move the industry forward. Ape, got to throw some apes in there too. Yeah, I don't know. To your point, Kalichi, I don't know when this whole narrative of, oh, well, the market's trending towards zero started. That that almost seems like somebody kind of just made that made up. Made it up, right. Just, right. By, just by their decision. If you're confused, and I don't blame you, Kalichi, then you're going to be even more confused by a huge story that has happened. To where, Tom, we're not even talking about royalties here now. We're just talking about essentially taxes, digital taxes, to where... Apple, if if you're trying to make an NFT platform on Apple, or if you're trying to do NFT transactions on Apple, because you've got to use the internal payment processor there, you're talking about 30% cut. 
that Apple is taking, which is insane to begin with. But the only comparison that this really has in the crypto world that people rightly, uh, you know, criticize is the country of India has a 30% tax on all digital asset trading. And no surprise, they don't really have a lot of digital asset trading. So I don't know whether Apple is reviewing this, whether somebody's trying to get a hold of Tim Cook and be like, hey, maybe we should review this because this is not going to make us a lot of money. But if you're an NFT creator, you might want to stay away from Apple, which <laughs> is crazy to me. I'm interested in your gentleman's comments on this. Like one of the biggest platforms that NFTs could potentially exist on and it seemingly just trying to shoot them away at the door. Like what's going on? Why is everybody going against the creators? <laughs> you know, you know, now first they're taking away royalties and you know, now they're making it like Apple is having this 30% like you, you know why, Kelly G? You want to know why? Like, enlighten me. I don't know. Capitalism. It's if you control the means of production, you make the rules. That is the shitty part of the game we play. Apple has this system in place for all in-app purchases. It is the way they do business. Is it great? Not particularly, but I have an iPhone. Most of us have Apple products. I'm recording the show on an Apple product. They kind of run, them and Amazon are in a headlong chase to just basically run all of our lives. Google too. No, yeah, Alphabet's up there too, you know, Meta's lagging behind, but whatever. Um, all of these things are because the market is skewed for the people in control. I will not go deeper than that, but <laughs> if you are a small level creator... You're going to get the shaft somehow, somewhere. If you believe that every single person who is open to business has your best interest at heart, sweetie, sugar pie, honey bunch, I can't help myself. I love you and nobody else, but you just, you, 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 you mean well, but you're very dumb. <laughs> And I don't mean to sound like the most negative person on the subject, but all of these things are issues we've seen before in global economies. The, the In the last 30 years, with the rise of the internet, we've seen all of these issues, all of these conversations, all these different levels of access play out. You were talking about gaming earlier, Kalichi, and people just doing cash grabs to make games. Yeah, that was the entire 80s and 1990s where people would pump out if you like watch JonTron or Game Grumps and you're a fan of video games from when you were a kid. One out of every 50 games that came out were good. The rest of them were straight trash. Now games cost more to make. They're not, you know, 8-bit that you can just make in a little, you know, in a quick period of time. And NFTs are going through the same things that what that killed a litany of consoles in the 1980s. Trying way too hard or thinking they're way too smart for the audience because they're trying to work them. Right. And it, That's true. it screws everything up because not every person who does business with you has your intentions in mind. 
And I feel like the tribalism of the Web3 space has people forget that, that their job is to make people money that invest in them and invest in their survival. Whether that's the audience, whether that's VCs, whether that's just angel investors, or whether that's the market, their existence subsists on creating a product or creating something so un, unsaleable, you know, unassailable that you're, it's it, it is important for them to continue to existing. Remember the banks in 2008? The complete collapse of the Amer the near collapse of the American economy. Those banks were too big to fail. Those businesses, the auto industry, the airline industry, they're too big to fail. We're all invested in their survival. And this is just a small scale version of that. Because if we ever do get to a point where how we live our lives is on the blockchain and everything we do subsists on things that are either, you know, based on the NFT ideology or our mon our monetary systems are based on Bitcoin or, you know, Ethereum or what have you. What happens if everything goes to goes to shit? There's no regulation. There's no ways or balances and it's it's very sectarian. How how can we get somewhere? How can we get to this idealized future without any semblance of consensus? Yeah. I don't know, but <clears throat> We, yeah, we're all going to be here, you know, to see how everything plays out and whether good or bad, you know, we have, you know, players like Apple, you know, you know, trying to play their own parts in terms of, you know, I guess, regulating, you know, the, the NFT market. Um, but I think they are like, like everyone else, they're like also making it hard and difficult by not, you know, putting the, 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 the creators in the, in the driver's seat, which is, you know, it's almost like going to a store, you know, and telling, you know, people, you know, telling the store owners that I'm going to pay you whatever I'm going to pay you. Like, and, and that's what most of these marketplaces are doing actually, like, you know, giving the, the buyers, like basically putting the, the, the thing, the option of how much royalty they should pay in there in the buyer's hands like okay i'm gonna go to a store and i'm gonna decide what i pay for this product like it's 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 tough it's tough and um yeah um like nathan what do you what do you think about this whole um apple thing and just the industry in general you know matt brought up a great point that i hadn't thought of since the late 80s early 90s although i didn't exist until the early 90s uh there's a game that came out on the nes platform it was the et game oh it was uh, the atari such, it was on atari sorry it was on atari anyways you can look it up on wikipedia it was so terrible it was such a badly produced game think about this is et this is a steven spielberg movie this is a cash cow this is if you just did it semi-competently to where it mirrored some other game that was out there, people would love it and you'd make money. All the incentives were aligned. But whoever made it, they just did it overnight. They mixed in some peanuts and some cashews and whatever, and here's a game. And it was so bad 
that the company actually recalled the game and they put it in some dump, either in either in New York or a rural area or something like that, to the point where if you have the physical copy of this game, it is extremely valuable as a sort of marker that it existed because it was such a terrible game so bad. That, that they tried to erase it from existence. <laughs> And that's just uh, that's just the most prominent example. So definitely we're going through this sort of era where there's a lot of projects that have been cleared out. Hell, there's going to be a lot of blockchains and uh, blockchains that will just be cleared out. You know, you hear this from commentators all the time where they say coin market cap has a list of top 100, but there's like 35,000 crypto projects. You know, and I speak to a bunch of them when we do AMAs on BitMart. Even if you have an amazing use case and you've got a great community, you've got a great foundation, it doesn't mean that a blockchain will catch on. Where I think Apple is really messing up here is not only do they have the ecosystem and the resources to be a, a leader on this, but it just seems like they don't have, you know, there's no thought that went into this for them. They just say, well, you're selling an NFT, you're selling crypto, you're using our platform, we'll do this. It, it, it kind of makes you think that maybe in a year or two, if they really wanted to be a leader on this, they'd have a special team or a special section that would look into this and incentivize it. Because it, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's like the Magic Eden situation with looks rare. It's, it's, it actually kind of leads us into our last talking point, which is actually a very happy talking point today. Where if you don't, you know, people only put up with so much. Uh, and if, if you don't give reasons for people to stick around or you tax them too much or you don't give them royalties or that your product doesn't work, eventually they'll just go somewhere else. Um, either out of desperation or out of, hey, the new thing is actually cool and it's working. Um, so that's just where I think Apple is really goofing up. And Apple going to be Apple. There's lots of positive and terrible negative things to say about Apple. But when it comes to them leading in the crypto and NFT space, clearly they ain't doing it with a 30% fee. It's essentially a tax. But last thing we are talking about today, which I, I think, gentlemen, I honestly think that this show was responsible for. Okay? <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I don't want to... I don't even want to... I don't even want to jinx it here, but I, I think that us talking about this so much actually made it come true. And this came out uh, just two days ago on October 29th from Forbes Digital Assets. This isn't an article from Crypto Potato, just by the way. <laughs> it's a real news service, and it's actually a pretty decent news service. But when you say the name Crypto Potato, people just think there's not that much legitimacy there. So <laughs> this comes from Forbes Digital Assets, and the headline says, Cardano NFTs become the third largest NFT protocol by trading volume. What do you know, gentlemen? Take take a victory yep. lap, gentlemen. Take a victory lap. Woo. You, 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 you deserve you, it. Do you think we had something to do with that? Do you I, think I, that I, you want to? The egotist in me says yes, but I think that a lot of the things that made Cardano attractive, especially in the last few weeks with the, all the issues surrounding Magic Eden and the royalties and a lot of that, you know, a lot of users migrating to Cardano as a blockchain 
really set him up, and they ain't no ghost chain no more. So, Kalichi, you may have to do some rebranding with your uh, with your <laughs> NFT project, pal. They can't be a ghost chain, and they are. We're trying to get on some more Cardano creators here. They are a very creator-centric chain. Um, I hope that that will continue to be true as the chain grows bigger. It is certainly not a ghost chain, but here in the article, it talks about how the network's overall NFT volume reached 191 million in the 30 days ending on September 30th, trailing only, of course, Ethereum and that dreaded Solana, that dreaded Solana. So Ethereum was at 338 million, while Solana is at 116 million in those same 30 days, um, 40% more. But yet, none of the top markets ranked by DAP Radar, which collected this uh, data, none of them offer Cardano NFTs. And actually, I hesitate to say this, but I don't believe that the Bitmart NFT marketplace offers Cardano NFTs. That doesn't make them unique, by the way. Cardano NFTs are just simply not out there. But yet, when something is the third most popular, when you have chocolate and vanilla and then strawberry comes in third, but you can't seem to get strawberry anywhere. Mm-hmm. It just make you scratch your chin. Kalichi, what do you what do you think about this? Oh my God, where do I start? It's <clears throat> I mean, we, we 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 know this. You know, we know that you know Cardano is, you know, the, the foundation is solid and it, it has like a huge, like huge user base and community, community support. And it seems like now people are starting to realize it more and more. Um, eventually, everyone will at some point because you know it's just you know the the number speaks for itself in terms of the support and in terms of the um, how you know stable and how you know good the network is in terms of usability. Um, my the one thing I'm really curious about is what led to this recent like rise. And it's, I think it goes back to the things we'll be talking about, you know, in our, in, in the, in the podcast is the Cardano NFT ecosystem, the more like creator, like centric, like they re, as a matter of fact, you know, the leader marketplace called, um, currently called JPEG store, they, they only, they started rising in prominence when they actually started offering royalties to the creators. Like prior to that, it was like cnft.io. And back then they didn't offer any royalties. But when this when JPEG store came out and started offering royalties, guess what? That led to more creators coming to the ecosystem. It led to more people wanting to create, you know, whether that be like PFP projects, gaming projects, whatever, you know, because now they, you know, they say, okay, actually I can get paid for my work, right? While I'm while I'm building, you know, you know, in the in this particular ecosystem. So when you see like Magic Eden, now you look at Look Rare, Looks Rare, you know, taking away royalties, you know, most of that volume is going to find its way somewhere else. And what better place than, you know, a very like a fast growing market, you know, with a lot of NFTs that are way below floor price when you compare it to, to other like ecosystem NFT projects like Ethereum, you know, Solana. And that's where the volume is going. You know, it's just, it's not a coincidence. Like, money is liquid like money flows to where it's you know <laughs> where it's taken care of like if, if you're not taking care of it it's going to go to some somewhere else so i think a lot of that volume is coming from 
other like ecosystems and other like you know marketplaces you know going to the cardano ecosystem so very very interesting to see that happen well and you asked kalichi you said why specifically did this happen right and it's anybody's best guess because there's no one reason to point to but right. forbes speculated that the increase in trading volume was largely attributed to Cardano's Vasil Fork update, which was basically Cardano's version of the, the merge. Not specifically, but that's the best analogy to use for it, which went live after only a couple of months as opposed to a couple of years uh, for Ethereum and increased Cardano's operating capacity while reducing transaction time. This also kickstarted the launch of Plutus version 2, which is the network's smart contract language that helps those NFTs get on there. And so now it's even easier for developers to build on the chain. So people always wonder, they say, how people seem to kind of paint Cardano as an overnight success. But like many overnight successes, you don't see the nights where they weren't successful. So you tend to just see, oh, Cardano's like this, but they've spent years and years building this. Everything is academic and methodical. And that's the way that Charles Hoskinson and the people that collaborate with them have built it. So this is not really a surprise to me, I guess. It's a surprise in the sense that I didn't expect it to happen right now, but the headline and the overall gist of this is kind of what I've come to expect from Cardano. Good things come to those who wait. Right. Yep. I Closing think that's, Patience, yeah, persistence, and opportunity. I'm sorry, guys, I accidentally muted myself. Uh, but those are the three things that really have facilitated this. And I think that going forward, more people are going to see the different variety and different opportunities within Cardano. Um, hopefully it doesn't end up hitting loggerheads at some point. But I think that we're going to be moving forward. And I think this has been I th our, our best conversation yet here on the show about just all of these topics today, because we were able to get into some nitty gritty uh, stuff on here and I accidentally gave an economics and sociology lesson, which is always important. Yeah. Do you have, do you have closing thoughts on Cardano? I think that you're about to say something. Uh, uh, yeah, I do. I do actually. It's just, you know, even when you look at things like the different marketplace, the different tools that reports, um, that reports different, you know, transaction volumes on, on NFT marketplaces, like for whatever reason, you know, the Cardano ecosystem uh, gets uh, left out of those um, lists. And the, the, the argument I've heard in the past is that, you know, the like the technology is just, you know, the data is not accessible because of the way Cardano is built, you know, so... I don't know. I don't think that's true. I think you can figure out a way if you really want to. Um, but despite all that, all those like challenges, you know, they're still like rising to the top. And with the vessel, I think the vessel update, you know, the I think the fees, the transaction fees actually dropped. You know, the transaction fees were already low, but it dropped to like an, it dropped another like seventy plus percent. You know, so it's just you know it just goes to show that you show that there's a lot of you know thought. Uh, thought that went into the you know building the the eco the the blockchain and every every now and then you see improvements and people are starting to take notice like oh my gosh not only is it fast because one of the things one of the arguments is like oh it's built using the you know, utxo model it's not going to be as fast you know and all that stuff but if you actually use it it's actually fast so 
there's there's a difference between what you hear and what you actually experience. Like that's one of the things, you know, like people are starting to figure out. Like I'm hearing a lot about Cardano being not so good and whatever, but when I start using it, everything, the transaction goes fast, they're cheap, and there's some actually, you know, quality work being done there in terms of the NFT themselves, you know, the community and what is being built. So people are starting to see that. And I'm not surprised that the the volume is starting to like, you know, take off. Like Ethereum is still the biggest, right? I think there's, you know, the, the total volume or something is like in the billions, right? And Solana is probably in the near the near billions, right? Like 900 million or something like that. And Cardano is still like six to six million or something. So it's still not big, but that shows there's a huge room to grow, like from, from that to a billion. Hey, if you're an NFT project in Cardano, you 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 you're sitting pretty good. You know, the future looks bright. Yeah, it is one of those things where you really can't understand how amazing it is until you just use it. And Cardano's cheap right now. It's like 40 cents, I think, for 180A. You can go on jpeg.store, buy an NFT for $8 if you really want to, and just figure out how the network works and how those wallets work. I think that my closing remarks here would be Cardano is fulfilling uh, a quote that I can't remember who said it, but it's basically, you know, you just have to be so good that they can't ignore you, right? And when you're good enough, they can't ignore you. And hey, I mean, they've been doing everything right and they've been building for years at this point. And all you have to do is go use the network to figure out what's what and from what somebody else is telling you. And uh, we're going to try and get some Cardano creators on here, talk more about it in detail, people that go even deeper than perhaps me or you can. And um, yeah, I'm just glad that, uh, just glad that our prophecy of uh, Cardano maximalism has finally come to fruition. Congratulations, boys. Thank you, yes. <laughs> Not a maximalist, man, but you yeah, all I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> You all will be receiving your blue Cardano robes in the mail soon. There, there have been delays, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yep. So there you go. Those are that's it. I mean, that's it. So, Matt, please close us out here for non fungible bacon. All right, we're gonna go take a non fungible nap, and we'll be back next week with a guest here on the BitMart Brain Trust. For more information on that, you'll be able to follow us across social media at Blo- uh, BitMart Exchange, and also check the show notes information information on how you can sign up to BitMart today, and all that other happy fun stuff. But for Kalichi eBay and Nathan Simone, I'm Matt Ryan. This has been the BitMart Brain Trust. Bye bye. See you. Take care. Peace. Hello to everybody out there in crypto land. Did you enjoy that conversation? I know that I did. It's always interesting to learn more about crypto projects, NFTs, and what is going on in this very unique industry. But now we've got to get some legal stuff out of the way, all right? It's just the way that it is. So I wanted to let you know that all opinions and actions expressed and undertaken by the hosts and guests are individual opinions and actions and do not reflect the views and actions of BitMart. BitMart does not guarantee the accuracy, applicability, reliability, integrity, performance, completeness, or appropriateness of this content. The value of digital currencies can go up or down, and there can be a substantial risk in buying, selling, holding, or investing in digital currencies. You should carefully consider whether trading or holding digital currencies is suitable for you based on your personal investment 
investment objectives, financial circumstances, and risk tolerance. BitMart does not provide investment, tax, or legal advice. Use of BitMart services is entirely at your own risk.